Well, thank you so much for joining us for the Northgate Review podcast, where we take a look at the sermons that were given in our Sunday services, and we break them down uh, in a different way, maybe make it a little bit more practical for us to walk this out in our lives uh, each and every day. If you missed the message that was given this weekend, or any of the messages, you can find them on our YouTube channel by simply searching Northgate Christian Fellowship and uh, hit subscribe so that you get notified every time we upload a video. Today was super fun to record. We had a lot of fun in the room. Can't wait for you to hear it. So let's go. So thanks for listening. We talked about giving this week. If you'd like to give to the podcast, we would like... Uh... No, we didn't <laughs> talk about giving. We talked about... Uh, I'm just kidding. What's in your bucket? Yeah. Hey, what's up, friends? So thank you so much for joining us for the Northgate Review podcast. Yeah, buddy. Uh, super excited this morning. We're sitting here not only with the famous PLD, Pastor Larry Davis. We also have sitting here Jer Bear. Uh, pastor you, of students. You, did, you did want to go with the other one? <laughs> the other nickname? No, no, no. Yeah, the pastor of students, uh, Jerry Shank. So uh, he's joining us in the conversation this morning. Love it. It's so good. So good. Hey, let's get this. Where? What happened to our intro music? I, it'll be there when I mix it. Boop, boop, beep, boop. No, not that. <laughs> It's going to be in every week. It was going to be scatting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bow. Here we go. Review. Guys, I thought this was going to be serious. Okay. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. So we got, why is Jerry here this week? Jerry, why are you with us this week? Uh, I taught at Bethel. Yeah, you taught at uh, the San Francisco campus. Yes, This weekend, and we both um, shared the same topic. Because we're going through the same thing at both campuses. Yeah, it was cool. We spent like all week um, chatting about this topic of generosity and what's in your bucket and living a generous life. And it was cool to collaborate all week. And now we get to have a conversation about what happened at both places. It's fun. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, I watched the video and I was uh, extremely challenged by the message. I thought it was fantastic. Mostly I was impressed. First off, we just got to call this out. You are stepping up your game. You got a jacket that ooh, looks super ooh, cool. Ooh, so good. Looks right? so clean. I agree. I was like, finally, this guy is listening to us, and he's trying to step it up a little bit. Yeah. So, hey, man, if, if anything, <laughs> that's the most important thing that yeah. I got from it. My, uh, my outfit changed a little bit. That's really what you care about? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> It excited me. You looked fantastic. Wow. I'm sure it excited a bunch of people in the crowd. It's, it's, it was a good look, man. Okay. Yeah. Party on, Garth. And you boosted <laughs> you the post. You referenced that Wayne's World. I did. Message. I even laughed about it. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, yeah, but it was a great message. What's in your bucket? Um, I kind of had an idea. We've spent a little bit of time, and you teased it out last weekend. Even on the podcast, you kind of talked a little bit about what you were going to talk about. Um, but I... Honestly, I when you got into it, just the scripture that you opened up with, I was like, "What is he doing? Where are we at? Right. What is going on?" It was fairly brutal. Jerry and I talked about this. That was we, my same response. Yeah, was hold on. This is the passage we're using. Like, why? Like, right? right. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Originally, we were gonna hang out in Corinthians. Yeah, uh, that was the like when we kind of just Jerry and I were brainstorming the passage that talks about spiritual gifts. 
Yeah. Right. That's what you were thinking. Yeah, and, and being a in Second Corinthians, being a generous giver. Mm-hmm. Um, but we went left. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. I thought, man, what a great passage that is probably never taught on. That's one of those weird ones that you just skip because you don't want to, you know, right. break that one down. But um, I, I took notes well, on it. It's really interesting, it was... too, that's like how James ends his letter yeah. to the churches. What I thought was super interesting and what like helped me get my mind around that passage and using that passage and being excited about using that passage was the idea that like James was written to like a group of churches. So it's not one specific church. It's not saying, Hey, church in Ephesus, like these are some things that you need to deal with. Hey, you two people that are fighting, stop it. Hey, I'm grateful for you. It's more like, Hey, these are some patterns and behaviors and things that I see. And it talks about, I mean, really the two types of wisdom living from God's wisdom and man's wisdom. And then he ends with, Hey, and let's talk about our finances and some things that like, are easy for us to get into trouble with because money can trip all of us up. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. There were some good things that you, that you talked about, but like, this is the whole point of the podcast. We have 20 plus minutes, even though you took liberties this weekend, went a little long. Uh, Dude, I went (laughs) so long and I didn't know what to do. And I publicly apologize to Alyssa right now. Yeah. The children's director. (laughs) Well, that's the point of the podcast. I got plenty of comments. I got plenty of comments. We want to, we want to spend a little bit more time. And so there were some things that you were talking about that I thought were really cool. And even if we, uh, went a little bit more detail on that. And even just the things that uh, I heard that I was, that's a good conversation that I feel like people can easily gloss over because, oh, you know, it was two minutes at the beginning and then I'm going to move on from that. But like, it was kind of a gut check for us when you, you spend a little bit of time talking about who's rich and you, I love the example of uh, your first paycheck when you were what, 13 hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that it, it is so true. And it is something that I kind of think has become a little bit of a joke in America is that, oh, we're all rich, and we all know it. Now let's move on from it. Instead yeah. of like, okay, hold on. Let's actually address this. Like, yeah. we're Let's not realize it. that there's responsibility with it. I love that line. You said it's the more that you have, the more responsibility that you have. That's what the New Testament tells us about yeah. our wealth and our riches. Well, and it, it gives it a different light, too, when you look at it as um, a gift in itself. You know, that's something you crave when you're younger is responsibility and um, trust um, with things. Um, and so when you're given it, you know, it's exciting. And that's one area we don't look at necessarily, um, with excitement, the responsibility that comes with, um, what's in our bucket or our resources, our talents, our gifts. <clears throat> and, um, there you go. That tick came right back. <clears throat> there it is. <laughs> I, was, I heard it during the message. I, I was like, is he stalling? so hard on not doing that this, this last weekend and no joke, but that's one area where there isn't responsibility so often in people's lives that actually creates um, so many issues in our lives. And, you know, I even touched on a little bit in the message of um, the mistakes we make that create issues in our lives because we're not responsible with what we have. And then when it comes to our resources, what's in our bucket and um, that's another bigger issue of like, how do we just get that house in order? You know what I'm saying? Uh, go into that a little bit more. Explain that. You well, said you touched on the mistakes that we make because of not understanding this responsibility. Yeah, it's a bigger conversation about, you know, not many people. It's one of the taboo topics and subjects. I mean, even in church, like that's why we don't talk about it much. But and we're going to talk about it 
next year at some point, but <clears throat> the idea of being responsible and taking care of what you have so that way you're taken care of and you can take care of the others around you and being responsible when it comes to budgeting or getting into debt or just the, you know, we kind of ended that conversation with the consumption assumption. Like I'm assuming everything is for me. And so you, I use it for me. You know, um, we've had even, we've even had seasons where, you know, I've given to people before in their time of need and they were so thankful for this blessing. And, you know, they had like huge bill or debt that was thwarting down on them. And then you, you give them a gift or they receive something they weren't expecting. And that money doesn't go towards that as a responsible move. Instead, there's this assumption that, well, but I don't want to miss out like on the blessing that it is. And so I'm going to bless myself and take care of myself. You know, you could even look at it in something simple like you get $50 from grandma for your birthday and you have a bunch of debt and you say, well, I'm not going to put it towards the credit card debt or this other Treat debt. Yourself. That I have. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and it's not a bad thing that we do indulge to a degree and you've worked hard and there needs to be seasons of rest that you invest into or, you know, cheerful moments and celebration. Those are all great things, but... And those things should be done with responsibility and understanding what we have so that way we can do these things. Otherwise, guilt just kind of comes in. Yeah. You know, it, like teasing it out later on in the future, we'll have those conversations. I've had so many conversations with people um, that have said, you know, I really feel like God doesn't want me to be in debt. And so I'm not going to give to anyone else. I'm going to pay off this debt. And my response is always like, well, God didn't get you in debt. Oh, Larry. No. That might be the first time I've done that. First time we have a phone go off in the studio. Maybe it's telling me to be quiet. Stop with this topic. Um, For those of you listening, that was actually his alarm to remind him to turn his phone off of airplane mode. <laughs> he starts his day in meditation with his phone yeah. completely off. So, <clears throat> yeah, I got you. Um, but, the, but then they're like, they're not giving to anyone else. They're not supporting any organizations. They're not taking care of widows and orphans, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because, you know, we've not been responsible, mm-hmm. um, you know, and like, it's hard for us to talk about that and hard to hear for a lot of people. And so then it's, I'm going to get out of debt because I feel like God wants you to do that. Well, he didn't get tell you to get into it in the first place. Yeah. He said, be shrewd and be wise with the gifts that are given. And that's even beyond finances and money. But then um, he also didn't say like, yeah, yeah, no, just cut out everyone else and everything else and continue to, to feed into yourself and your issues. It's, it's the whole control issue of, do you actually trust that I'll help get you out of this? Like maybe if you actually handed these areas, these gifts over to me and let me, you know, direct them as the owner and taught you how to steward them, what that would look like. I was, I was talking with my dad on the way home. Um, who's like a great example. Like I, I don't worry and stress about money. Like it's just not something because of the way my parents have modeled that. And so I was talking to my dad about, on the way home after teaching about kind of what I taught on and stuff like that. And he gave me a line and he said that something that he's heard and he's built into his life is that when we give away the the first percentage of our income, when our first dollars that are spent are towards like giving away and towards generosity, we take the power away from money. Like money has power in our society and our culture. But if we give it away, we say it doesn't have power over my life. Like money does not have power and I thought that was like an interesting perspective that like, uh-huh. you know, 
It's not all about me. I don't have to secure for myself. I can trust that God's going to, that God has well, that's, secured. That's for why me. it's like the most talked about thing in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's because uh, it can relate to all of us to some degree. Even yeah. going towards the root of that, like we look at, we, we talk about money every week at church, but we do it in a different way. We talk about it generously. But there is that stigma around, like, we don't want to talk about money at church because it's so nasty and we're tired of hearing about it. We're tired of you guys. Just all you want is our money. But even getting to the root of it, like, even for you as a follower of Jesus, understanding that everything you have is from him, we want to label spiritual warfare as, you know, uh, it might be you looking at porn or it might be you cheating on your wife or it could be uh, lying or any of these these sins that we that we think about. But looking at the way that credit cards are so powerful in America, the way that comparison through social media, all of these things that play into you going into debt because the enemy knows if he can get you into debt, that that's our, that's our, our knee-jerk reactions. I can't give because oh, I have all of this credit card debt. And just like you were saying, like that, God didn't give you the debt to like manage correctly. You spent your money following after comparison yourself comparing yourself to other people following after possessions trying to buy this stuff and chasing down this next house or this next car or these these shoes or whatever it is and like it's it's such an ugly thing when you get to the root of it like how much of our time is spent thinking about how we can measure up to others and that is what leads us down this rabbit hole of money and getting in trouble with it because we're constantly buying like you spoke a lot about this minimal lifestyle without using those words but uh, understanding when we when you went into the um the storage area the storage war talk about like how much do you have like america just is has so much excess because we're (laughs) we compare ourselves to everything yeah we've had the conversation in the past that we've joked that we actually have a room for our car yeah. <laughs> like, so our, uh, we have that much space that, you know, <clears throat> yeah, it's, um, it's a bigger deal than people want to admit to that is the number one cause, I would say, of all people's stress. Like if, if, if you want to get to the root of it, your words or, or connect the dots back to things, the number one prayer requests we typically get are rooted in the number one people have um, relationships issues isn't just communication but it's somehow connected to possessions um, and who's responsible about it like it it really does come down to that and that's why the bible talks about it over and over that's why james ends his conversation with it. That's why it's all throughout the gospels that's why it's all throughout the letters you know and um jerry this last week too he specifically was mentioning um the the verse in matthew about you know where your treasure is, that's where your heart is as well. So what are you investing into? Um, where are you putting your treasure? And you can yeah, Matthew six is is that's where I started um, the conversation in Bethel. Kind of started the int- I introduced w- with the storage wars idea as well, and then went to like the idea of like, well, what are we treasuring? Like, where are we building? What are we investing into? Is that in God's kingdom, or is that in our own? kingdom and our own advancement like when i when i get things and it's that consumption assumption like am, what am i building and i think like kind of teasing out the idea of like what are you building into and that like when i get money when i get things and i get possessions am i building my own portfolio or am i building like into god's kingdom like i can have the kingdom of heaven on earth now and i think that's probably why jesus talks about money so much 
and why the Bible talks about money so much is because if our lives are going to be transformed, if the way we see the world is supposed to be switched on its head when you enter into a relationship with Christ, that no longer pride but humility, like no longer my own ambition is a virtue, but God's kingdom being advanced. The biggest things are money and like pleasure, right? Like money and sex. And I think that's why those things are, are talked about so often is that like the, the way we think about those things, they're the biggest idols in our lives. And they're the biggest things that need to be surrendered, the biggest things that need to be given over. And also the hardest things to give over because they have such a grip on our heart. Yeah, and the statistic, you know, and we we shared a little bit about how the more we get, the more you worry. Yeah. And the and the and and, and the more know, you have to lose. <laughs> yeah, well, in the in the you know, when you're younger, you're just a kuna matata. Like it's you're not stressed and you're not worried about things and possessions. You're interested in it. But you're not like just stuck on it, you know. And then there's the fine line of like provision. What is provision? You know, I got to work hard. I got to grind hard because I got to provide or I'm going to go into debt because I'm going to provide. But then I deserve this and, you know, making, you know, difficult decisions about, you know, like you really prayed the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Like what daily bread looks like. We would if, if, if God actually answered that prayer in your life. I think most of us would be like devastated yeah, <laughs> because it's just so much less, you know, and how blessed we are and how rich we are, <clears throat> you know, and, and there's so many verses that talk about this, uh, it's easier for a camel um, to go through the, what is it? It's eye of the, the needle. The eye of the needle. Yeah. And a lot of people get confused about what is that? Like, I don't even understand what that means that a camel can't go through a, the eye of a needle and what it's referencing is specifically rich people and it's because of all your possessions and that when you entered into a city the gate was considered the eye it was uh what should we call it an arc yeah an arc i'll like just complete it. all your sentences thank you <laughs> you guys are so simpatico man uh, I'm, I'm painting pictures with wow. my hands you can't see it this is beautiful yeah i'd have to walk through a gate but it couldn't fit through it with all of the stuff so you'd need to remove off all the bags on the side of the camel and all the other things for it to be able to enter into the city and that's why he's saying it's easier for a camel than a rich person to enter in because the rich person's not willing or wanting to dump everything off to leave everything behind to enter into this new kingdom which is the whole premise behind that passage which people just wow. skim over it wow what? never knew that before Makes go, so much more sense. Yeah. Well, that's why it's easier for <laughs> Don't a Don't give me illustrations that make no sense, Jesus. Like, why would I ever try to put a camel <laughs> well, through the eye of a needle? <laughs> the Bible, the, Jesus wasn't talking to you. I mean, he kind of was, but like, it was not, right, it's, yeah, it's an ancient text. It's on, an ancient hold text. Hold on, hold on, hold <laughs> yeah. on. Jesus only talks to me. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to miss, though, in this whole conversation, and even in this podcast, I don't want to miss the, um, you know, Jerry and I had a lot of conversation about what's in your bucket. Like whether you're a gifted musician, you're a mechanic, you're an artist, you're uh, a nurse, uh, you have all the different skills you have. You're a mechanic, you're a painter, you're a plumber. That those are things that are in your bucket that you could give to other people um, in, in a way of generosity and being responsible with what you've given. And, you know, even mentioning that, you know, if you, if you have wisdom and, ability, you know, rather than the side hustle of tutoring, 
Why can't you just be generous and sit down with a young kid that wants to learn and struggling in math and help them? Yeah. Right. I mean, that's also what's in your bucket as a resource to give out. But in our conversation, it was really trying to figure out for at least the weekend message. Cause like we talked about, we have 25 minutes that turned into four, 40. 40. <laughs> I don't know how you did. Jerry. You I did. had, I had 25 minutes because I'm not in charge. If you made it through the whole 40 minutes in the room in Benicia, man, congratulations to you. We're so glad you stuck around. (laughs) My favorite part was like literally the timing just kept happening like that. I would look and there was two minutes left. For those of you who don't know, we actually do have a countdown clock. Uh, there was two minutes left. Not everybody chooses now to look everyone, at it. Now everyone's going to be in church. They're like, how much longer is this going on? Oh, gosh, it's over. Uh, it felt like 30 minutes, and he's only eight minutes in. No, I literally said like every service with like two minutes left. Okay, now let me tell you what I wanted to talk about today. All this time setting it up. But it's a, it's a really great conversation. But not for not that we want to miss out on the idea of all of the things that we do have in our bucket and how we can also use those things um, to help others, to love on others, um, to be responsible with what we have, even in the book, right? So if you are following along the book, you're going to be like, yeah, so the book doesn't talk about this at all like you talked about it. It specifically was mentioning like the attitudes in which you have that you're carrying around in your bucket. So you're carrying around, you know, um, anger or arguments or um, just whatever you are you're carrying around you're essentially throwing it on other people so what decisions can you make to love somebody else with what's in your bucket and put the right things in your bucket so a real life example of this somebody that um, is in is at Bethel and is one of the the guys down there who stagged me after the service AC is a guy who AC um, love AC. He's just a friend that he's a nice guy who like we've all enjoyed getting to know and grow in that relationship as we kind of you know partner with different people down there. And he um, at the start of the year was like kind kind of at a spot where he was like I, I want to pull out a church right. It was it was was it the start of the year, Larry, or was it? Yeah, we started coming around in it was like in March, March or April. Yeah, yeah, and, and then... so and he was at a point where he was like, man, I. I don't know that I know a whole ton of people here and he had some health issues and he was just like, and this was a conversation that he had with me this weekend. He was like, I was at a point where I was ready to step back from everything and like not go to church. And I was like, and, and that inevitably would lead to, you know, him being upset or depressed or like in a spot where he's not enjoying the full life that Christ has to offer for us. And he's like, I was like ready to step back from everything. And then he, he said that he had a conversation with you where um, you kind of called some things out of him and said like, Hey, like, in spite of these health issues, in spite of some things that are going on, like maybe God wants you to step forward into something new where the world where a, a, like would say, oh, you're sick, you're going through some stuff, step back, pull back. Right. Maybe God says step in and step up. And and he did. And like, man, the joy and the passion that was on his face this weekend when he was sharing with me, like he stepped into serving in the middle school ministry down at Bethel um, and has been serving in their student ministry. And the joy that was in his face that he was like able to experience the life change that's happening in these kids' lives, in their parents' lives, and the conversations that he had with their parents now. And he's w- with... Um, them in, in another class that they do in midweek. And it just, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful example that he like didn't even seem to have much. Like he's like, I'm in a health issue. I'm having some health problems. I'm struggling. I'm going to give what I have. And he did. And like, man, it's so true. Like God just rewarded that tenfold. And now he's got joy that he never would have thought he had before. He's experiencing know. healing with his medical issues too. I mean, like yeah. all of this stuff is just 
killer. Yeah, yeah, part of the story relates to two specific things even that we've talked about during the series. One of them was just a call out of, I see something in you. Sure. Yeah, that, that, that you did that you for don't, him. Right, you don't yeah. see in yourself that you have value, you are of worth, you have something to give. Yeah. Because we can get stuck in our blinders on and be like, I don't have anything to give. I don't, I yeah. don't have anything. And then you could, somebody else can come along and be like, you do, you're worthy. Yeah. Um, the other part that it speaks into is um, really the, just this last conversation of it wasn't an if then. Right, yeah, which is where, yeah, you talked about that too. It wasn't a well, <clears throat> if I have time, yeah, maybe I will, or if I feel good, maybe I will, or if it's not difficult for me to walk up the stairs to the student room, then maybe I will. Uh, it, it, you know, it wasn't a, there wasn't anything attached to it, it was just a full lean in, and then now you're seeing fruit from just saying, I don't know what this looks like. I don't even know if I have the skills in which to do this, but he's discovering all kinds of things. And so often we have those opportunities that we miss out on because we attach so many ifs to it. Um, you know, like undiscovered promises. Yeah. Yeah. Like last week was almost, and, and this was, I don't know if this was in, intentional or not, but it was like la- last week with the, or two weeks ago with the ICNU conversation, this is almost this what's in your bucket is receiving that conversation for myself. Like, oh, someone's seen something in me. God saw something in me. And so he gave me some resources. Now, what am I going to do with those resources? Am I going to hoard them or am I going to pass them on and be quick to be generous and give those things away and say, how can I build into God's kingdom so that God can give me more and I can continue to build into God's kingdom? Right. Yeah. Well, when it comes to generosity, I've had lots of conversations with people that have said, well, like if this happens, then I'll be generous. But they've talked about how I'm living a generous life and I love the generous life that we live here. And it's really great. <clears throat> but that posture shifts of when you make a decision to be generous, when you make a decision to use what you have responsibly, and then even above and beyond, um, then, then you work towards that. And for that, rather than just, if it happens, I'll decide what I'm giving away. So you could sit there and say, hey, I'm going to, you could sit there yourself and say, I really feel called to like specifically give enough money so that way there's a hundred wells drilled, right? Sure. Because you've decided that's what God's put on your heart, et cetera. Freshwater wells, we partner with Hope for Kids. Right. I'll give you an example of a, of a student who went with me over to Africa, saw the water problem and decided I can actually do something about this. Didn't have a job was going to school full time, decided I'm going to be a generous person and I'm going to be responsible for raising over $10,000 to make sure that there's a freshwater well drilled that's going to help, you know, thousands of people and kids. And so all she drank for a year was a water and saved money from what she would spend on something else. She got other people to be involved in that. She had garage sales and sold stuff and asked other people if they had things that they were just going to give away uh, that they could give away to her. And then she would try to sell it or she bought things to make food and bakery things or holiday seasons. She made ornaments. It was a decision that I'm going to be generous. Not if it comes to me, it'll happen, but it was a then I've decided then now this is how I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to be generous and be essentially a cheerful giver, which is what we talked about at the end and worked really hard and raised $10,000 to, to do this it's the same decisions we make. We could decide, I'm going to come alongside of this faith community or partner with all these organizations. Not an if, 
I have it, I'll give more. But I'm going to decide to go there and to get that and work for that purpose because I feel like it, it's a responsibility that God's given me to do these things, to live that out. You follow? Yeah. She found something she loved and gave herself to it and said, like, I see God's kingdom being built here and this is worth everything. And that's like, that should be our stories. All of our stories is that we should see the kingdom of God being built and say like, I want, I want, this is awesome. I want to be a part of people drinking clean water. I want to be a part of people feeling true joy. All of these awesome things, you know, you, you gave the list, like we're partnering with AIM, the group that, you know, partners with girls who are um, individuals who have been kidnapped and put in sex, you know, trafficking sold, yeah. yeah, and sold into sex slavery. Like, that's not right. I want to be a part of that. I think it's easy for all of us to say, no, that's not right. That that needs, like, that needs my money. Like, that needs my resources. I, you know, I've got some extra stuff. Yes, I will. I will give. I have some stuff that I like that I don't necessarily need. Yes, I will give and participate. Yeah, when it comes to giving, like the easiest way to make decisions is what are you grateful for and what breaks your heart? Yeah. Like what are the things that you're grateful for? Are you grateful for this church? Are you grateful for the student ministries, the children? Are you grateful for, you know, organizations doing something else um, that you can come alongside of partner with? And then what breaks your heart? Like what just wrecks you that you say injustice? I need to come alongside yeah. of it. There's a ton of different directions that we could yeah. go. So one of the, the, the way I ended, you uh, talked, to, you talked specifically with me about how you mentioned how like some of, some of the, this stuff is sad, but some of it's really exciting when you were talking about the treasure piece or. Yeah, sure. Sure. I mean, it's, yeah, it can be what breaks your heart, like uh, the sex trafficking stuff, but it's also exciting too, because like, think about like camps. I mean, you used to do student ministries and still care a lot about family ministries. Like when it comes to, to summer camps, you know what? Something that's super awesome is kids going away for a weekend and for a week or a weekend and just having a blast and having a lot of fun. And then also meeting Jesus and building community and they come back and they live different at home and they live different in their school. Like that's something that's exciting to be a part of. So it can be like, I'm passionate about certain things and I'm angry about certain things but my heart's moved and it really it's it's a transformation of the heart when our when our lives are our eyes are so fixated on Jesus and that's what that's you know on that generosity card like what are the benefits of generosity keeps our eyes fixed on Jesus when our eyes are fixed on Jesus what breaks his heart what excites him is going to be the same thing that breaks our heart and excites us ooh like we're made in the image of mm-hmm. God. exactly our minds are being transformed one of the uh you know, to take a step uh, deeper into just specifically financial and trusting and all of that, I, we've had a, I've had a lot of conversations recently, even only because we were we finished up this last session of Rooted. So as you go towards the end of Rooted, you also uh, you look at everything in your life. You look at who God is, and you wrestle big questions. But towards the end, you also get really practical in your life, and you talk about uh, your finances. And so my Rooted group specifically. A lot of the questions, and these are things I've been thinking for a long time, but also it's cool to see, like, I'm not alone in these questions and myself, and I'm not weird, but other people are asking the same questions. And as we talk about trusting God with our finances, we've already kind of gone down this rabbit hole a little bit today. Where do you draw the line of when to stop giving? Because, like, we've already talked about your responsibilities. Like, I have to pay my mortgage or my rent. 
I have to put in for retirement because I know that I'm going to eventually get old and I don't want to be a burden to my children and I need to pay for my car and all this stuff. When do you stop? I remember fielding these questions even just weeks ago of people wrestling with the idea, well, why do I need to give to a retirement? If I am truly going to trust, like you already said, this daily bread lifestyle, like God, give me this daily bread. I want to trust you daily, not just I trust you, but I'm also going to take all of the future into my own hands. Right. And then you're going to work through my plans that I've already done. Right. Not to bash retirement. I have one. But. No, no, no. Yeah. None of this conversation isn't that you shouldn't be responsible and save. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a very responsible thing to do, but <clears throat> the responsibility part really is about, um, debt and just the spiritual crushing thing that that does to you, the mentally crushing thing that that debt does to you, the um, physically crushing. I mean, yeah, it, it, when that, that stuff kind of stresses you out or you're working a million jobs or you're continuing just to live above our means, that's just in, in all practical senses, it's irresponsible mm-hmm. um, and it causes harm. I mean, a lot of times we just don't think about that. If we knew that that was going to cause us the harm that it's caused us. Yeah. Often we wouldn't do it, but there is, it's this, you know, like Jerry mentioned earlier, it's this, um, it's like a drug mm-hmm. in all reality and it's a fix. And you know, it's even a fix for people because that's how they deal with stress. Yeah it's yeah, it's just in little tiny pieces and areas of our life making next steps towards something. So when it comes to the resources we have and being responsible, not being irresponsible or obnoxious. I mean, cause you do have things that you are responsible for. I think you have to find specific places where you're actually are pushing yourself, right? John, you and I have talked about this before where it's, it's actually causing you to trust, to push yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, like I didn't talk about tithing specifically because it's just like a checkbox for most people. It's either I've worked my way up to it and now I'm finally like good and I'm taking care of it. Um, or it's just something that's not that difficult for you to do because you've been responsible with what you have. And so that's, you know, when you go back to your question of like, where does it end? Um, it doesn't really ever end. Um, it's more of like, where does it be- begin? I guess the question is not where does it end? It's when do, like, not to when does generosity end? I mean, like, where is that line to where it becomes foolish to give? Like, okay, hold on, hold on. You, you gave, don't give that much. Like you have a mortgage to, to take care of. Don't well, yeah, give that's, more. that's the responsibility. You're going to cre- don't give to create debt. You know, like, uh, it's funny too, cause you look at people and they're tithing or giving or being generous with their credit card. And you're like, well, what are you doing? I hope that you're, and I've actually talked to people. I'm getting miles on my tithe. That's exactly what it is, which whatever, that's fine. That's cool. It's a double payoff, man. It's, it's, it's great. Like it's the blessings of, of giving. But you know I've also I mean. talked to people that set up, you know, a reoccurring gift on a credit card to be generous and then they didn't pay it off. And now they're paying interest to some other organization and causing debt in their life because they weren't responsible and, you know, at doing it within their means, et cetera, et cetera. Often you'd be surprised. Most people don't know where their money goes and it doesn't have a name. It doesn't have a place that it's assigned to. So most often if you sat down and actually did a dollar for dollar budget, you'd be surprised. You'd also be surprised on how much you spend on food. You might be surprised, Starbucks. right? All of it could be a thousand different things. 
Um, that's like a great place to start when you're making those types of decisions. Another really easy one, we've talked about it here before, is this 10-10-80 rule of give 10%, save 10%, and live off of the 80. You know, and if it needs to adjust because of seasons, but there's also responsibility in even what you just said, like getting into over your head, buying a car that's going to, you know, choke you out, a house that's going to choke you out. What is, what's the difference between need, want, wish, you know, all those, all those things. And that's what causes stress. I mean, money is a stressor and it's not so that the church can just be flush and great because I'll tell you this, you know, in case people are wondering what comes in goes out. <laughs> legitimately and often even what comes in more goes out, you know, at times. And it's this balance of the church, you know, doesn't have this rainy day fund. It doesn't have this huge savings account for stuff because it is supposed to go out because of what we have today. Um, I'm not saying you should live like that. Um, you should have a savings, but to understand, you know, and you know, like, Oh, we're just talking about money. And the, why is the church, you know, it's money. Oh my gosh. We're talking about a lot of money. That's going through. It's because we as a faith community are using it to advance the gospel, using it to love one another, to um, be generous in people's lives. Let, let me give you an example from my personal life. Um, so I, I since since moving out to California, I've had a roommate. Like it just so happens that that John and I have lived together, and it it works, and that allows like our rent payment for both of us to be significantly cheaper. And um, recently bought a house, and we both moved in there. But then John was like, "I want to get married," and so he like moved out. Um, Sorry, man. <laughs> She's hotter than you are. And so I'm I'm better cook. Um, and, and so <laughs> he nodded yes. Sorry, Caitlin. Um, and so he moved. He I moved do the out. cooking anyway. <laughs> he, he moved out. Um, and so that that then leaves me in a position where I've got my mortgage payment to pay. I can swing it, but it's tight. Like like right. finances are tight, and I'm at a point where it's like I've got two extra unused bedrooms in my house and my finances are tight and I'm not able to like pick up the check with friends when we're out to eat. I'm not able to like, you know, buy different things and support different ministries at the church that I used to be able to do because I don't have that extra income in my life. I don't have that extra thing that allows me the freedom to be generous and live generously. And so I'm like, okay, fine. I'm going to bite the bullet and I'm just going to like find a roommate and like really do this so that part of my income is not as, my income is not as tied up. I'm figuring out a way to reorient my life so that I can have more expendable income, so that I can have um, something to like live generously with. My my parents have a bank account, have a savings account that's literally called their benevolence fund, like their kindness it, fund. Yeah. And I they have, have that in my budget. I have gen like above and beyond generous opportunities. Like if I'm at a restaurant and I want to yeah. like just tip somebody like crazy, it's budgeted in my budget to be specifically generous. That's above and beyond what I've already named it for. Yeah. What I continue to give, you know, this percentage. And, and they're they're the crazy thing about them is their thing like builds up. So like sometimes their benevolence fund will be fifteen hundred dollars, you know, a couple thousand dollars. And then they can take that and they can find a missionary that's home that needs that money and right. they can give it to them. They right. can find, you know, a ministry that they want to support of the church. They can find different, you know, maybe it's a, a, a pastor who's struggling with things or somebody who's lost something or needs that. And they can just say, boom, there it is. Like, no, it is really cool. It's so cool. And it's cool because it's, it's planned out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's thought of be, <clears throat> I got to do that. Um, this last year I did, I, I barely am connected with this guy, but 
Um, we went to high school together. We were friends in high school. He lives in Arizona. I don't remember the last time I had a conversation with him, but I saw through some friends that their young son um, has leukemia. And so they're in this crazy gross battle and someone started a GoFundMe page for him. It was awesome to be able to just drop 1500 bucks and throw it on there. Yeah. People are like, what are you doing? It's planned. I'm yeah. not being obnoxious. Yeah. I have this, I made a decision that when a ta- something comes up that breaks your heart or that you're grateful for, that you can do that Ab- above and beyond what's already planned. That's the beautiful part of when um, you're responsible with, you know, those types of things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's, so let's, let me give you, can I give you a practical and tactical for maybe the parents out there? Yeah, sure. So I, I uh, <clears throat> my mom listens to this. Maybe she might be upset that I'm sharing this. Does your mom listen to this? I don't know. We're going to find out. What? <laughs> we'll see. Hi, Larry's mom. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. All right. So I, it was like a couple Does of years. Does your mom listen to everything you do? No. Okay. I well, I don't know. Has she seen the plush clan? I don't know. Probably. I don't go know. on YouTube and look up the plush clan. Larry's mom, if you're listening, it's awesome. <laughs> go look up the plush clan. The weird things that we. No, everyone that's listening, not just Larry's yeah, mom. Yeah. Everyone. Everyone. You go all right. To Stop it. talking about my mom. All right. Whatever. No, it's the plush. So clan. my mom. This is Davis it was a saint. <laughs> it was great. A couple of years back, I don't even know why it came up, and it was like you know this sentimental moment. I don't. I don't know what it, what really brought it up, but she said, um, "Did I do a good job raising you?" Oof. Yeah, right. <laughs> Can I answer that? Jeez Louise. So, um, and it was basically, was there anything that I could have done differently? Right? And and so I was bold and I said, Yeah, no, no, you it was great. I had a great life. I learned a lot of stuff. There was one area that I wish you would have taught me, and it was money, budgeting, finances. And her response was, We didn't have any. And I knew that. And I said, I wish you would have just brought me into that conversation anyways. In, in, in poor decisions you made or good decisions you made and educated me. So I've learned from that. So here's the practical, tactical stuff. I have an 11-year-old. She sees my budget. She knows what our budget is in our house. She watches me make the budget. I invite her into the process so she can learn now. The other thing that we do, and this is the practical, tactical, that you can have conversations with other people or if you have kids, you can use this. Um, but it's changing the conversation in my household we do. We don't do chores. We do acts of service because you got to be responsible and you got to live, etc. But I give them because they're not out there getting a job. They get um, a certain amount of money um, that I give to them to teach them about money. So my oldest specifically, um, she the money that I give her, she has to do everything with it. I don't buy her clothes anymore. I don't buy our deodorant. I don't buy our toothpaste. Um, I don't buy, you know, when she wants to wear makeup or she wants to go get a book or she wants to do something with her friends, she has to use the money I've given her to be responsible with it. And it's teaching her the value and responsibility of money rather than it's just something that I've received. And I can do whatever I want to do with it. And we're teaching her and I'm talking to her and it goes all the way down to my three-year-old. My three-year-old gets money too. And it's, a you know, some of the decisions are flippant of like, I want this or I want to buy this thing and you have to have the conversation of like, are you really want to spend all your money on that? But it's real life decision making stuff at a young age that's teaching the value of money. The best thing I saw was this last year, she got invited to a birthday party and it was, okay, that's great. You can go to the birthday party. And it was, can we get her a gift? Well, no, you can get her a gift. Why would I buy that? It's your friend. It's your party you're going to. And that it was the best gift she ever gave. 
because it meant something to her. So when she spent $20 on whatever it was and gave that person a gift, it was like real life, like what we, what the decisions that we all are making. So that's like a practical and tactical way you can do it, which is why even um, I mentioned briefly this last weekend that my six-year-old girl was upset that she forgot her money that she was given to the church. So it's like a decision they're making that's important to them, the amount of money they're giving to the church, and they know what it does. They're not just giving it away to something. They're invested in what the church is doing with the money, where it's going out, what organizations or what people that were loving and helping. And it was actually a an emotional attachment for her of if I don't give my, it was like $8.50 or something for that week, um, that if I don't give my $8.50, someone isn't going to get what they need. Like it was crazy. It was an emotional attachment to, I play a role in this and I'm six years old, but it's this practical and tactical way of teaching people the value of money and also the, the impact of money, like the, the power of it for good, you know, not so often we can get just the power of it for bad. Right. The, there's a person that I actually ended with, um, in Bethel that was like, I used it as, as the blessing. And then I said some words after it. Um, but in second Corinthians, it says, uh, remember all who sow sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. You should just, you know, give what you've decided in your heart to give. And like that idea that like, how much do you trust God? Like, are you believing in the growth that your $8 and 50 cents is going to do? Like your girl understands that her, like she can have a kingdom impact with, you know, what she's doing and that mindset to develop and keep throughout her adult life is going to be one that allows her to reap generously because she's chosen to sow that way. That's the conversation we have around the dollar club as well. Like you're not necessarily going to give $1 to someone and expect their life to be different. But when you partner with other people at the church, also giving a dollar, now there's this lump sum that actually is doing something with the people. But it's first understanding that by putting your dollar in with other people, like your dollar matters just as much as everybody else. If everybody had the mindset of it's just a dollar, it's not going to do anything. Right. Nobody's going to. Then nothing gets done. Yeah. But if everybody says this is my dollar and it's going to make a huge difference in somebody's life, right. then yeah, of course it will when everybody has that mindset. Well, and we pass up those moments too because we think it's insignificant. So we just won't even participate, period. Yeah. Like, because there won't be enough dollars. We're just going to call the whole thing quits. Right? Yeah. I mean, that. how often do we do that? To be like, oh, we didn't reach it. That's like the Kickstarter mindset. Well, I, I like, yeah. I like That's why reach- we don't tithe. That's what you mentioned. Like, you didn't even talk about the tithe this week. Another thing that's detrimental to the tithe is if you can't give this 10% that we've set up, then it's like, well, I can't give at all. I can't reach 10%, so I'm not going to give. When it's like, that's not the idea here. Yeah, it's Start not somewhere. It, it's not ins and outs. It's oriented. Is yeah. your life oriented towards Same thing with baptism. It's an if then. Well, if I get to this point and I feel like I'm actually able to live up to this, then I'll make a decision in obedience. Yeah. You can see obedience issues all throughout everything that we do. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Boop, boop, boop. (laughs) (laughs) Whenever Larry says practical and tactical, can you get like special like like sounds for that? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Just a machine gun. Like just a little machine (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> but I, well, 
Maybe. I, I do need to invest in a, in a sound effects board that I can hit Practical and tactical. <laughs> we need to get like the audience clapping in the background and then yeah. the, oh. Get the pastor's yeah. wife. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Come on. Come mm. on. So good. Mm. Preach. <laughs> Come on now. Come on. Oh, I could get some great Talk to sound me. effects. Talk to me. Oh, man. Yeah. Don't but have, you should, you should okay, but don't have Jerry do him because it's awful yeah, right now. Right now. We're should. trying to have this conversation and he's in the background making practical <laughs> tactical <laughs> corner. <laughs> these absurd sounds. We uh, need to we should have like segments. All right, so do you want to do you want to <laughs> No, I like that weekend? idea of, of it ends with a practical tactical segment and it's Today's practical and tactical segment. We're joined by PLD. <laughs> a lot of we great can, ideas. We can continue on this type of yeah. conversation for a long time, and we're going to have longer on as we should. Yeah. Uh, as a faith community, because there is responsibility that we're given, and um, we should be stewards. Because well, I really do believe that we are going to be accountable, and that was James' big and there's thing. It wasn't just into. to scare you; it was literally to say, "Yo." The more there, you have, the there more is, responsibility. There is a judgment at some point of, yeah. you know, did you use up every gift you had? Well, I mean, to the, to the best um, of what you were given, and there's responsibility in that, and there's pride in that, and there's. It just is what's going to last. Like at, when when Jesus finally has his way with the world, and and sin is done away with, and selfishness and greed, greed. is done away with. What have you built? Is what you've built built on greed, fear, selfishness? That's that's gonna be done away with. But if what you've built is like based on love and goodness and participating with what God is doing, then guess what? You've built things that are gonna last. Yeah. And what are you building? And that's the choice that we have as as Christ followers and people who are following the way of Jesus and living out and bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth and allowing God's will to be done as our, like on earth as it is in heaven. So good for sure. Well, Hey, this next week, um, we're finishing up this conversation of everybody always. And you know, it's been a quick five weeks, I feel like, but some powerful topics. Um, and, uh, Steve Carter is going to be my buddy. Steve's going to be back, back with us here in the hood. Um, it's Benicia. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's coming from <laughs> paradise, Chicago. So, I mean, this is the hood compared yeah. to Chicago. Yeah. No. Like, yeah. With our eight, with our 75 no. degree days. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, he's coming and the topic is loving our enemy like this, you know, the backwards thought it's like the yeah. ultimate backwards thing of opposites. Oh. No, we are, we are going to talk about some practical things and it's uncomfortable. I mean, just even saying like, we're going to talk about what, Ugh. You know, anytime the forgiveness conversation comes up, which isn't necessarily we're going to land this weekend, but um, loving our enemy and why that's so difficult and what our responsibility is when it comes to that. I'm really excited to see um, really how he unpacks that because there's, there's, we prefer easy. I mean, we yeah. prefer the simple. Yeah. Um, and we prefer the non confrontational situations of love but there are so many people um in this faith community and just all over the place that their enemy um is it's destroying them and for some of them it's themselves for some of them it's like the people they love the most you know like um the people that are raising their children with them um, their family members someone that they're working with all the time 
and it's this prison that we've often put ourselves in. Yeah. Um, and so hopefully maybe there's some freedom this next weekend and some space, some breathing room and some practical ways that we can figure out how to walk into that really dark space and, you know, shine a little bit of light. It's going to be great. Steve Carter, excellent communicator. If you missed him just a few weeks ago, you can find the message on YouTube. He actually closed out our Believe series. Uh, he's going to be closing out everybody always. He's our he's, closer. He's John Smoltz of this church. Who is John in. Smoltz? It's the closer for the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, nobody knows who that <laughs> yeah. is. Come on, guys. Come on. Learn. Never mind. I'm going to leave that. I'm going to just float that one here's, out there. Here, here's your sound effect. Do, 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 do. Yeah, again, don't Dude, let him make sense. Like, he's all he's terrible. <laughs> no, I got him. Uh, in, cl- in closing, yeah. Thank you guys for spending some time talking about it. Uh, like I said, uh, not only Steve Carter, if you missed this week's message, if you missed any of the messages, you can find them on our YouTube channel. You can search Northgate Christian Fellowship, and you see playlists that are our sermon series. You can check out those. Uh, by all means, listen to the previous episodes in the podcast where we break down different stuff happening uh, on the weekend. Also, share this podcast. If this has been something that uh, has challenged you or encouraged you in your life and your walk with Jesus, then share it. Uh, encourage somebody else with it. So yeah. we're thankful for you listening. For sure. And um, I'm excited because we got some heavy hitting conversations coming up, especially in the new year as we mm-hmm. kind of forecasted that. So. You just mapped out next Woo! year. It's going to be fantastic. Great series coming up. Jerry, the sound effects. We're done. All right. Yeah, Jerry, nice sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>